Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Beyond Reason Radio. Did you ever think that in your lifetime there would be such a debate in this country such a split in this country over putting on a mask how about that did you ever think that would be like a thing that we would be debating in the united states of america in your lifetime well, who would have thought 20 <laughs> years ago that uh, water would cost more than soda in the convenience store? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tom Benton, that's true. Life is evolving. Man, <laughs> things have changed during your lifetime, Mr. Benson. Why, I remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, nobody ever thought that President would be President Trump. Trump either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the only the only one who predicted that was the Simpsons. You know that, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> they were the only ones to predict years ago that there would be a President Trump. But yes, the mass debate continues and continued today with Joe Biden and then Trump reacting to what Biden said. Kamala Harris weighed in and all of that stuff as well. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I am your host, Michael Yaffe, the voice of reason the voice of truth in a world that is beyond reason. Once again, we are on till 8 p.m. tonight here on News Radio WFLA Orlando. And if you miss any of the show, you have to check the podcast. And you'll have plenty of time to check the podcast from this week because I don't think I'll be on next week. Oh, my goodness. At, all, at least not on the radio. Oh, wow. So, because we have election coverage. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Tuesday when I usually do it, there's election coverage, which Tom Benson will be here, mm. so that's good. Uh-huh. And, and then uh, I think there's some other... The GOP convention activities. Well, Democrat convention activities Democrats, next okay. week, and then the yeah. week following that is the GOP convention activities. All right. So originally I was supposed to go to the convention in Charlotte. It was supposed to be part of a station thing, and stupid COVID-19 <laughs> ruined everything. You know what else is ruined? I mean, this is just a total side note that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. But why 2020 is just terrible. I went to Taco Bell today. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now and I knew, now this, I knew this was coming because I heard it's all a story, but it's yeah. still, you know, it still sucks. Close to home here. <laughs> Those who are fans of Taco Bell know what I'm talking about. I used to get a quesarito. They have something that's like a grilled burrito thing called a quesarito. Okay. I get it all the time. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. They have discontinued it. What? It is gone. Oh, They've man. discontinued it. I blame 
it's either coronavirus's fault or uh, Kamala Harris's fault. I'm not sure who. <laughs> Who's more hated? Maybe it's one. Obama's fault. I don't know. I don't care. But it's gone, and I was very sad That's today. Uh, they have some other good stuff, but I mean, I mean, it's one of the little things. I don't get to enjoy anything. Was in it a l- long-running item, or was it just yeah. a spe- special promotional? No, it's been all. Oh. They've had it for a few years now. Wow! Actually, when they first there was a news story on this when they first announced it, like a, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and like Twitter went nuts. Well, maybe so. maybe they're just building up demand. You know. So <laughs> maybe I don't know. Three or four months from now, they'll bring it back, and everybody <laughs> will go surging into Taco Bell. They should. Although they have this new thing, nobody cares what I'm talking about right now. We'll get to Biden. We'll get to Harris. There's a lot of other things to get to as well. Some good news in the criminal justice front, but also some bad news. Um, there's still that thing going on in California with John MacArthur's church, Pastor John MacArthur. His church is getting. Uh, threatened with mm. fines, but he is suing. The church is suing the state now to stay open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's an all interesting thing. There's so many different things to talk about on Beyond Reason today. But, you know, we got we got to talk about Taco Bell because they have a new thing. It's called a grilled cheese burrito. Oh, man. It's good. It's practically the same thing as a quesarito, I noticed. I got it today, and I'm like, this like. It's almost the same thing. Just keep the quesarito then. Don't <laughs> trick me with this new stuff. <laughs> All right. So, um, by the way, uh, I didn't. I had to take a mask off to eat it. <gasps> I know. It's so terrible. Um, the big news that came out this afternoon, the big breaking news, is the fact that presidential candidate Joe Biden has suggested that there should be a nationwide mask mandate. Yeah, he did a campaign speech today, and Kamala Harris came on afterward. Some interesting stats I have on how maybe masks are not the savior of the planet, you know? But uh, here is Joe Biden, the first cut here, talking about what he wants done. Every single American should be wearing a mask when they're outside for the next three months at a minimum. Every governor should mandate, every governor should mandate mandatory mask wearing. The estimates by the experts are it will save over 40,000 lives in the next three months. Now, I I have no problem, really, with wearing a mask. I mean, the maskne is annoying. Have you heard of maskne? No, 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 I have not. It's acne that you get from wearing a mask oh, all the really? time. Oh, really? It's a thing. People are getting acne because they have to wear the mask all yeah. the time and the germs from the mask it's on like your a, face. Like a little rash, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like pimples and stuff. So if you're prone to break out, certain people have oily skin and they're it's a little bit easier for them to break out. They get maskne. Oh, so now there's stuff like out there to tell you how to reduce maskne. I kid you not, this 2020 is terrible. <laughs> I just want to point that out once again. Um... But, yeah, I'm not against masks. I, I, I honestly believe most people really don't care that the big debate over masks is not really about the mask. I did a whole show on that, I believe, a few weeks ago. Sure. It, they believe it's just people caving to the fear of the virus. They believe it's a slippery slope against our freedoms. There's a whole bunch of bigger picture arguments that the mask is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. But, you know, I think a mask probably helps. 
I, it's not the savior, but it probably helps. It could create other problems if the mask isn't clean. If you're wearing the same mask all the time, you could spread other diseases. So people have to be careful of that. But what he said there is that we should mandate that everyone wear it outside. Wait, I'm not going to wear a mask when I'm outside in the open air. Now, I, I think we need a clarification because he maybe he just meant like when you're out in public somewhere, mm -hmm. not necessarily like outside, outside. Mm -hmm. If I'm walking in the parking lot of my apartment complex, you know, if someone's walking their dog, you don't need to wear a mask. If you're in your car, you don't need to wear a mask. It's silly. Okay. So I don't know if he's like, as soon as you walk out of your house, you should wear a mask. I guess we're supposed to wear goggles now too. Did you hear that, Tom Benson? No, really? Yeah, Fauci suggested people wear protective eye gear. Does he have stock in some company that's making this? <laughs> Maybe. Now, I will say this. Yeah. First responders, maybe they should wear eye gear. Sure. I, I don't have a problem with that, but you're not going to get everyone to wear goggles. <laughs> Give me a break. It's not going to happen. Um, Biden uh, continued on here saying, step up, America, wear your mask. When I get occasionally confronted with a person in public about wearing a mask, I say, look, this America, be a patriot, protect your fellow citizens, protect your fellow citizens, step up, do the right thing. Now, uh, President Trump actually had an interesting response to this. Um, this is within the last hour or so when Trump held a press conference reacting to what Biden said here. Here is President Trump. But while Joe Biden would allow rioters and looters and criminals and millions of illegal aliens to roam free in our country, he wants the federal government to issue a sweeping new mandate to law-abiding citizens. He wants the president of the United States with the mere stroke of a pen to order over 300 million American citizens to wear a mask for a minimum of three straight months. I guess this just happened. He thinks it's good politics, I guess. No matter where they live and no matter their surroundings, because different states are much different. Both. So that would be uh, unconstitutional, by the way, to mandate on a nationwide basis everyone wear a mask when they go outside. There's no way that's constitutional, but Trump makes a good point there. The Democrats want to allow rioters basically to get away with it. And when the federal government fights back, they blame the law enforcement officers. They wanted to excuse or make you even ignore the riots going on in the city. But when it comes to this, they want a nationwide mandate that forces everyone, even if you're not in, even if you're in a rural area, there's no one else around or something. So would that include root, uh, protesters and looters and people causing mayhem in the future they must have their little yeah. masks on. i mean yeah they so can break that, windows but that's a that's a uh arrestable offense then <laughs> forget <laughs> yes. glasses forget property you don't have a mask mm -hmm. on you're going to the who's <laughs> yeah we'll see if they actually do that now biden has said something else interesting here that i want to react to uh go ahead and play the next cut the president acted sooner would have saved just one week earlier would have saved 30-some thousand lives. Two weeks earlier, I think it was 51 or 57,000 lives. I hope we've learned a lesson. Hope the president has learned the lesson. 
I feel like when Biden says that, or when people say that, they're just making it up. Like, how in the world could you possibly know how many lives you would save mm-hmm. if you acted a week earlier? Mm-hmm. And there's too many variables to be able to predict something like that. I know someone will throw some study at me that says different, but for one, what what do you what did you want him to do a week earlier? And what would Biden have done differently? I always hear. Oh, well, Trump failed, and if Biden were there, he would have done more. What would he have done different? What well, would he have done? And look at the number of people who said it was all right to go out and party without masks. Pelosi out in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. The health commissioner in New York City. And then when Trump did his travel ban from China, they oh, said it was xenophobic. Yeah. And they even reacted poorly when he did it from the European Union. I think this is all not... Th- this idea that this is all Trump's fault... To me, is nonsense. I've never understood it. I'm not saying Trump's been perfect in this. He has definitely not been perfect from this. His rhetoric on this has been kind of back and forth, which I believe is not a good thing. But this is a worldwide problem. Is it not? Isn't this something that's been happening across the world? Oh, but other countries did such a better job. And I always hear the reason why other countries did better is because they had a national plan where the United States didn't have a national plan. Now, I never hear how that makes a difference. They just kind of throw... It's one of these things, they just throw that out there. I'm like, what would a national plan would have made a difference? And there's a big difference between being a country with maybe uh, 10 million or yeah. less uh, citizens. Here you got 330 million. Yeah. <laughs> Spread out across a wide area, and it's a very diverse country. You have urban areas, you have rural areas, you have different... Uh, my, you have different population groups, different cultures. I mean, to compare the United States to, to say, Norway or something is silly. It's not. You would have to compare the United States maybe to the European Union if you wanted to make a fair com- mm-hmm. comparison. Mm-hmm. Did the European Union have an international um, plan for all of the European Union to stop the virus? No. No, they didn't. It would be like the same thing. I feel like that's just one of those feel-good talking points that it's like, what are you talking about? Does it really make that big of a difference? I really don't think so. I, I The only reason they want to bring that up is because they want to blame Republican governors for opening up. That's why. Even though some Democrat governors opened up and they they, they ignored that. You know, just of the course. Republican governor's sure. faults. Um, so there you go. The debate over mass. I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow morning when i host good morning orlando once again so you want to join me 6 to 9 a.m we'll get more into that debate i have some good news out of georgia believe it or not this has kind of been under the radar but i happen to see it today and it's definitely a step in the right direction for this country we'll talk about that next and much more this is beyond reason radio i'm your host michael yaffe we'll be right back Listen to the latest episodes of Beyond Reason. Download the podcast at Spreaker.com. The place where we talk faith, culture, and politics. Beyond Reason Radio continues. So remember a few weeks ago when I suggested that maybe the reason why we see cases surging in states like Florida and Texas and California was because of the weather and geography Hmm. and people thought I was crazy. Well, we know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm crazy for other reasons, but not that. All right. 
Well, it turns out that there's more evidence that that's true, and maybe masks aren't the savior of everything. Uh, Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review has a great piece on this. It says here, cases are surging in Hawaii, mm. which is an island. Sure. Should be easy to protect, right, from it? You would think. They have the strictest mask mandate. Cases are still surging. It says, based on geography, seasonality, and latitude, when it's your turn to get the virus, you will get it. You can't place a tarp, a mask, or a lockdown in front of a virus. The same way you can't arrest the movement of a hurricane, you must deal with it in a healthy and functioning society. This is the enduring lesson of what we're seeing throughout the world, where there is zero correlation between human input and the trend of the virus. Hawaii is the latest example of this phenomenon. Hawaii might possibly have the strictest lockdown and mask mandates in the country. It is essentially as strict as the Philippines, which we talked about on a previous show, has also seen a surge in cases. Uh, however, the state has jailed people for violating lockdown orders while releasing 38% of the real criminals in their jail. So there you go. That's nice. Uh, tourism has been non-existent and all remaining visitors were told to quarantine. There has been a mandate in place requiring mask wearing indoors since April and now even outdoors for the past month, even while jogging. <laughs> so stupid. Ugh. The result, cases are surging more than ever. Just like in the Philippines, Hong Kong, Israel, Australia, and every, every southern latitude area with a strict mask mandate and lockdown. Um, let's see. And here. they're all uh, warm climates, too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, keep in mind the state's testing rate is still low. They're testing 131,000 per million population, which is below the national average. Um, let's see. And they, he has a graph here just how surging. I'll go to conservativereview.com to, to uh, check it out. But the reason why the cases are going up in places like that mm -hmm. is because the best way this thing spreads is inside with your families. Mm -hmm. So we quarantined everyone in a hot climate. So they sit in their homes in groups with their families and the air conditioner just spreads the virus around. And then eventually they go out and spread it around even more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the masks aren't helping because people aren't going to wear the mask while they're at their home. I know some people want to start mandating that, I guess, but it's not going to happen. I'm not against any measures I've talked about that. I think there's a lot of middle ground to a lot of this. But this whole idea that we can just totally stop the virus from spreading at all, it's just, it's not realistic. It's a virus. That's what viruses do. They spread. It's just the nature of it. Um, so there you go. I wanted to get to some good news here, Tom Benson. Good. You remember that whole case in Atlanta with uh, Rayshard Brooks where an officer uh, was charged with murdering? Mm -hmm. Sure. Him? This is where the uh, McDonald's was burned down to the ground. Mm, no, Wendy's, but yes. Wendy's, I'm sorry. Um, and Top, they, of, top of all... mind awareness, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we all saw the police officer, Jared Wolf. Mm -hmm. He only shot him when the suspect beat him up, mm -hmm. stole his taser, pointed the taser back at him, and then he was shot. And, and actually discharged a uh, shot. Yes. yes. And he failed a sobriety test. Okay, so we all saw with our own eyes what was happening. 
And yet the prosecutor there decided, the DA there decided to charge the officer with murder even before an official investigation was done. Yeah. Well, guess what? Georgia voters have booted that DA. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He's um, they they booted him from office by a shocking margin. This is according to the Daily Wire. Oh, huh. so uh, let's let's see here. I was trying to uh, see what the actual numbers is, but I don't have it in front of me apparently. But apparently, he lost mm-hmm. that race. He mm-hmm. will be out of office. He was already. Uh, in trouble, and a lot of people thought this was a political move in the first place. That's right. I remember this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of this is what you are seeing right now is you have George Soros and other groups funding these local races to get these social justice warriors in DA's offices or across the country mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. small offices, and they're hoping that conservatives mm-hmm. won't be paying attention. And then it will totally change the justice system from the inside. We're seeing that here in Central Florida. First, we saw it with Aramis Ayala. Now, there's someone running for her seat who's more radical than her, getting money from some groups. And she might actually win. Bud talked about it this morning. But what my point is, there's some good news. You could fight back against this. Don't allow these DAs who do stuff like this or these city council members or these mayors to... Keep doing this radical stuff. Vote them out. And maybe this is my fault as well, but we need to pay more attention to these local races and get these people out of office because that's that's going to be the start of change. Now, it's not going to be the only thing we can do because this is a cultural problem. I mentioned before, uh, focusing just on politics in terms of fighting against some of this radical social justice communist nonsense it's a cultural issue because they've taken a lot of taken over a lot of the institutions in our culture. So we have to fight back. But I just wanted to point that out that it looks like that DA is uh he's a uh, bye-bye, hmm. which is good and hopefully that cop will not be eventually convicted of murder, which would be insane. We all saw with our own eyes what happened. I want to I want to expand on that point because now there is a situation in Orlando where people want the body camera footage. And I used to be a big believer in body cameras. Not sure it matters anymore in 2020. I'll tell you why in a moment and much, much more. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. We'll be right back. If you heart Beyond Reason Radio, listen to the Beyond Reason Radio podcast on iHeartRadio. Just download the iHeartRadio app and search Beyond Reason Radio. conscience in your ear telling you the difference between right and wrong yaffe is back on the air welcome back to the show everyone this is beyond reason radio here on news radio wfla orlando um you can also catch the podcast on the iHeartRadio radio app you can like the beyond reason radio facebook page or follow me on twitter at michael yaffe and i actually posted this story on twitter earlier today reacting to it this from the orlando sentinel Demands grow for body cam video of orange deputy shooting man at the Florida mall. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About two hours after one of his deputies shot and killed 22-year-old Salah, how do you say this guy? Salah Thies Melvin? 
Uh, in the Florida Mall's parking lot Friday, Orange County Sheriff John Media confirmed that a body-worn camera had recorded the incident and told reporters he had already reviewed it. The sheriff's office has since refused to make the footage public, even after it was revealed that Melvin, who deputies say had a hand on a gun in his waistband as he fled, had been shot in the back. Don't, don't put your hand on your gun when you're dealing with officers. Do what they say, follow instructions, follow the law, you'll be fine. I feel like this is not that difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, am I wrong? And, and that's for everybody. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah. I mean, if it was white, it wouldn't be getting that much attention, but it happens. Cops have to kill white people too. The agency won't show it to Melvin's parents either, said their attorney. The family doesn't really know what happened. It's our position the family should have a right to see the footage, is what the lawyer is saying. Law enforcement leaders, including Mina, have touted body-worn cameras as evidence of their commitment to transparency and a tool for holding officers and members of the public alike accountable. But local agencies differ widely in how quickly they release the footage. The sheriff's office rejected a public record request for the video from the Orlando Sentinel. Um, says here that the rationale for withholding the video is flimsy under Florida's broad public records law and ill-advised in a current climate of distrust between police agencies and the communities they serve. That's what experts say. Don't you love when articles just randomly experts say? Yes, yes. or some say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here. You know, I don't know if I had a family member who was murdered. I don't think I'd want to see the video. My attorney, maybe, but I don't think I'd want to see it, you know? Yeah. I mean, the problem with showing the video out to the public is just, you know, in the beginning is it taints the case. Sure. It adds a lot of bias yeah. to the case. Hard to get a yeah. jury if yeah, you need exactly. Yeah. Uh, it says here, shooting questions remain that the sheriff's office has released few details. Court records indicate Melvin's death came as deputies were seeking to apprehend another man. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, on July 7th, the other man they were seeking to arrest, his name is Van Sean Sands, had been in a house on Power Ridge Court when two other men, who authorities say were associated with a rival gang, drove up and started shooting. Mm. Oh, this just seems like a great group of kids, huh? Yeah. Sands returned fire, resulting in a shootout that left one of the attackers dead, rec- record show. Uh, let's see here. They tried to make the arrest outside of the Florida mall. They confronted a group of four people that included Melvin who took off running. Uh, in an affidavit, deputy Marcus Bullock wrote that Melvin had his right hand on a handgun that was in his waistband when agent James Montel exited an unmarked vehicle. Melvin ran away from the agent who chased him. That's when Melvin turned his head and started to face Montel while still holding his firearm. So, so here, here's my main point of bringing this whole story up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to agree with John Mina that body cams are good. Mm-hmm. Agree with everyone because I thought it would vindicate the cops, but it would also show reveal the bad cops. There are bad, bad cops out there and we need evidence against them and they should be arrested mm-hmm. and fired if they do something bad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, yeah, well, at least the public deserves to see this. But you know, after that whole situation in Atlanta that I just mentioned, I don't know if it matters anymore because we all saw with our own eyes what happened in that situation in Atlanta that we talked about in the last segment. 
where the cop was obviously right. It was a good shoot, as they call it, in shooting that guy because he attacked him with a taser. Um, we all saw with our own eyes in that video what happened. There was multiple angles of the video. We saw what happened. Didn't matter. People still refuse to believe what their own eyes saw. So I'm supposed to believe now that if we get the body cam out there and it actually proves that the cop was justified in the shooting, do you honestly think these same people who are demanding the body cam footage are just going to change their mind? I find that hard to believe. I don't think it's going to happen because that's where we are in this country. It's sad. Well, lots of times when you watch a video or hear a certain piece of uh, music, perhaps, it's in your interpretation. It's even with the Bible. You know, some people yeah. interpret it interpret the same mm -hmm. uh, phrase or uh, uh, quote differently than somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But you would think a video, <laughs> you would think video of specifically showing what happened. It just, yeah, in, you're right. It has totally different interpretations. It's unbelievable. By the way, um, we've seen a rise in crime across cities in this country. We've talked about it a lot on this show. This has real effect on people's lives, this rise in crime. It's not something that's just out there that conservatives are just making up because they want to they wanna hurt the left or something. No, no, it's a real thing, as I mentioned. But here's a story you haven't heard about what happened in Chicago. A two-year-old cancer patient misses his birthday party mm -hmm. after rioters loot a Ronald McDonald house. Oh, boy. The house, McDon Ronald McDonald House. Why would you loot a Ronald McDonald House? If you don't know what that is, you know, you see when you go to a McDonald's, yeah. you see the donation yeah. tray. You can give change because the Ronald McDonald House basically gives those who are recovering from an illness, gives their families an opportunity to have somewhere to stay near the hospital. Absolutely. It's a great charity. And someone looted a Ronald McDonald House? How sick are you if that's... Oh, but this is about reparations right remember what that blm activist said sure oh, we're, no reparations we're due just yeah. let us take your money and mm -hmm. stuff and bread you know they're bread yes, they're yes. desperate so let's loot a ronald mcdonald house jeez there's no bread here at gucci's but there is a fifteen hundred dollar <laughs> purse i'll take yeah. that well, instead reparations and all that says a two-year-old cancer patient was unable to go home and celebrate his birthday due to the rioting and looting in chicago that eventually targeted the Ronald McDonald House uh, near the Lori Children's Hospital where he was staying. Uh, according to WBBM, Owen Buell, who suffers from stage four neuroblastoma, oh, was slated to head back to his home in mm -hmm. Joliet to cake and ice cream for his birthday. Mm. Those plans were dashed as rioting and looting broke out in the city. Says we were going to have cake and ice cream and do some presents at home with his siblings and his grandma. We got a phone call from the nurse saying that none of the nurses could make it in for safety concerns, and they didn't want any families in the middle of that trying to walk into lorries. Rioters and looters targeted the Ronald McDonald House early Monday morning. Owen's mother described how unsafe she felt for her child. The unfortunate event, on top of his cancer and the global pandemic only further heightened her stress. Says the whole door was shattered and it looked like a bullet hole, so I started freaking out thinking about how unsafe that was 
You shouldn't feel that way when your kid needs medical care. You shouldn't be afraid to walk a few blocks down the street. I asked myself, why could he just... Why can he not just have cancer? Why does there have to be coronavirus with it? Why is there all this protesting? I just feel like a lot of this stuff really makes it worse for him and our family. If he was going through a treatment a year ago, his siblings would be able to come here. Unbelievable story. Now, the good news is uh, there's a there's a GoFundMe page mm-hmm. to help him. Matt mm-hmm. Walsh and other conservatives were pointing this out. And... Um, uh, I can look at how much they've raised a ton of money. There's an interesting uh, editorial cartoon in the Chicago Tribune today with a bunch of mayhem going on and the mayor of Chicago holding up a sign that says stop. All right. But the mayhem continues. So what's the caption read? Gee, maybe I need a bigger stop sign. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do it. Um, let's see. So I'm going to actually retweet the link to the GoFundMe page mm-hmm. uh, on my Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael Yaffe. Um, it looks like they have raised $48,893. $75,000 was the goal to help the family who is uh, this young child is fighting cancer and didn't get to celebrate his birthday because of stupid looters. All the reparations and all that. Yeah. Yes. And there's another sad story out there where a boy who's riding his bicycle on somebody happened to get on this gentleman's lawn. I shouldn't call him a gentleman. Well, anyway, the guy walks up to the little kid who's five and in front of his two sisters shot him twice in the head. And can you just imagine if it was the other way around, if it was a a, a white guy who had hit a black child with that, the, the, the media would be screaming about it for months yeah, and that you know, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I have a story here, also from Daniel Horowitz in the Conservative Review, talking about the fact that justice for this fire five year old who was shot and killed means locking up violent criminals. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing how we need criminal justice reform because we're too mean and we lock up too many criminals, and then you hear stories like this where violent criminals are somehow not in prison, and. They just continue to commit violent acts, and it usually gets worse and worse, and all of a sudden, they've committed a brutal murder like this, and people are like, how is this person still on the streets? But, you know, we need to let them out because of coronavirus mm-hmm. and stuff. Really is just beyond reason. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. We'll be right back. Subscribe to the Beyond Reason podcast today on your Stitcher app, and hear the voice of reason anytime. This is Orlando's Smart Talk Radio. Beyond Reason Radio continues now. Yes, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Beyond Reason Radio. You know, I actually just realized I have not talked about one of the biggest news stories of the day. It's actually, when you think about it, maybe one of the biggest news stories of the decade, not getting that kind of attention, but maybe it deserves that kind of attention. It has to do with the peace deal between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I mean, there was a time when something like that was unheard of, but they have basically normalized relations. Now, this was announced by President Trump. I actually have audio up there um, on Audacity, Tom Benson, uh, Trump yeah, 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 yeah. too. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and play this. This was Trump announcing this earlier today. 
Just a few moments ago, I hosted a very special call with two friends, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed of the United Arab Emirates, where they agreed to finalize a historical peace agreement. Everybody said this would be impossible. After 49 years, Israel and the United Arab Emirates will fully normalize their diplomatic relations. They will exchange embassies and ambassadors and begin cooperation across the board and on a broad range of areas, including tourism, education, healthcare, trade, and security. This is a truly historic moment, not since the Israel-Jordan peace treaty was signed more than 25 years ago has so much progress been made towards peace in the Middle East. So there you go. This is a really big deal. Now, of course, Joe Biden actually reacted to this and came out and said, uh, really, it was a uh, it's it was Obama who deserved the credit for this. Of course. Sure. Somehow, you know, yeah. not not Trump. Yeah. Even though Trump is like really good relations with Israel. And I saw a Twitter uh, Twitter uh, posting that said. Have Trump show you on a map where the UAE is, or the uh, UAE, you know, the United Adder, Arab, Arab Emirates. Republic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, my comeback to that is, uh, can Joe Biden find his second, first floor <laughs> of his house? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, what's really interesting though is Biden might actually have a point. The fact is, a lot of uh, Arab countries are in the mood to normalize relations to it with Israel. Mm. A lot of those countries who used to hate Israel, now all of a sudden like them. You know why? No. Tell us. Because of Iran. Ah. Because they, fear they Iran, yeah. hate Iran. Yeah, they fear Iran. And you know who pushed a lot of these countries to start to be friendly with Israel? It actually was Obama, but not intentionally. It was the fact that Obama promoted the iran nuke deal which a lot of the countries in the area including israel basically just saw it as them letting them Mm -hmm. become more powerful using Mm -hmm. the money they got from that to become more powerful which is exactly what happened until trump came in tore up the deal added more sanctions and now they're in tough shape but it also basically they thought it was just delaying them getting a nuke and it just helps them either become more powerful or get a nuke. And a lot of those Arab countries over there really don't like it. And they're really trying to become, uh, you know, more prosperous, a better country. And they're like, you know what? I think we're going to side with Israel instead of those crazy Iranians up there who just want to take over all of the Middle East. And yeah, the Palestinians, we used to side with them, but you know, Israel is a good country and the Palestinians. It's basically a terrorist (laughs) PLO and Hamas are basically terrorist organizations. Mm-hmm. Sure. So maybe we'll side with Israel. And you're going to see more of this. You're, I, you know, Jordan's already done this. Egypt already did this years ago. But United Arab Emirates, you're going to see more um, friendly terms between Arab countries in the region with Israel because they don't like Iran. They don't like Syria. And I don't think they like the Palestinians anymore. And the politics makes for strange bedfellows, they say. You yeah, know? exactly. So maybe Obama does deserve some of the credit for that. Yeah. Of course, um, Rashida Tlaib, former Palestinian, had to come out, and she she's totally, mm-hmm. totally against this, as you would expect. She tweeted this out. We won't be fooled by another Trump-Netanyahu deal. We won't celebrate Netanyahu for not stealing land he already controls in exchange for a sweetheart business deal. 
The heart of this issue has never been planned, formal annexation, but ongoing, devastating apartheid. It's not apartheid. Give me a break. But then, you know, she hates Israel. We all we all know that. So there you go. I actually did want to highlight that because that's that's an important story. It deserves a lot of attention. It's a it's a good thing. It's a really good thing for the world. So I also wanted to talk about this. This is something I brought up on the morning show. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe, and it's still getting a lot of attention. It has to do with Pastor John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. He He's one of my favorite pastors. I've read a lot of his books. I listened to some of his sermons. Um, huge church, uh, Grace Community Church, which is in California. Well, a couple weeks ago, he basically said, we're not going to follow these shutdown orders. We're going to hold services because we're, you know, we have to follow God before we follow the mandates of the government. And he also believes it's unconstitutional, which he's actually right on that. Religious freedom should trump that. Mm-hmm. So the only complaint I had is it didn't seem like there was any attempt at social distancing in the church when they were holding the services. No attempt at social distancing. No attempt at mask wearing. I felt like that was a mistake because it just kind of like, oh, well, the virus isn't a big deal. Instead, you could use this as an opportunity to reach out to those who are afraid of the virus. And and, and if you don't do the basics, the, the masking and the social yeah. distancing, you're inviting criticism. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's exactly right. I th- well, uh, the L.A. County is seeking a restraining order against John MacArthur and the church. Now, this comes after John MacArthur's church filed a lawsuit against California's on behalf. Um, it looks like uh, the lawsuit came from the Thomas More Society, uh, filed against California officials on behalf of Grace Community Church and its senior pastor, who were recently threatened with fines and imprisonment for holding in-person worship services. I have a feeling, because this is a very popular pastor and a very popular church, mm-hmm. I don't know if California wants to have this fight. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sure they can win this fight yeah. right now. So it's very interesting. But John MacArthur was actually on Tucker Carlson uh, a couple weeks ago when all this started to go down. And I wanted to play some of the cuts. Here is John MacArthur talking about why he decided to open his church. The places like Grace Community Church in Los Angeles are not, and he's threatening to shutter them. Pastor John MacArthur runs that church and has for a long time. We're happy to have him on tonight. Pastor, thanks so much for coming on. Give us a quick overview of why you think you should reopen given the coronavirus. Well, first of all and foremost, it's a First Amendment right. This is the United States yes. of America, and, and the government can't intrude in worship. We stand on that amendment. Um, the, the second thing that makes this so sensible is in the state of California, there are 40 million people. 8,500 of them have died with COVID. That's 0.002. So in California, you have a 99.99% chance to survive COVID. So why would you shut down the entire state? And particularly when people are frightened and sometimes terrified that they're going to die, shut down the church where most of the intense relationships in our society exist in the life of a church it's multi-generational so there we go the only disagreement i have with him is he went down the road of the virus isn't really a threat and all that and he's right about a lot of what he said it's just i want to know what does that have to do with you know what you're doing if you if you believe you're doing this on a biblical standpoint shouldn't matter yeah yeah yeah, tell us why but um uh play the second cut He, he continued on with this point here 
We've had 21 weeks with no ministry to a thousand little children, to a thousand university students, to junior high students, high school students, senior adults. We've had no funerals, no weddings. I can't go to the hospital. I've had to go on the phone to talk to dying people at the hospital. Uh. And finally, I started preaching in an empty auditorium. I did it two weeks, three weeks, and the people, without us saying anything, started coming back. They didn't buy the narrative. They didn't buy it, and they started coming back. By the way, we're the original protesters. We go back 500 years to the Protestant Reformation. We're, we're still protesting lies and deception for the sake of the truth. So they started coming back, and they kept coming back. And last Sunday, 3,000 of them came back. And they rejoiced, and they hugged each other, and they didn't wear masks, and they sang songs. And um, they understand the reality of it. I haven't had to say anything. We finally put out a document, which you probably read, which affirms why this is right and why it's critical yep. for our society. And I read that document, and for the most part, it's correct. And I agree with them. The church should be deemed essential for all the reasons he cited there. We should try to find ways to have the churches open. And California doesn't seem to want to do that because they don't seem to see it as essential. But like I said, the only disagreement is he talked about they weren't wearing masks, they were hugging, they weren't social distancing. I just think that's, I think it's a bad move from a pastor. I really do. Mm -hmm. I think there should be some attempt because, yeah, he's right that most people will survive this, but it doesn't take a whole lot for, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot for the hospitals to get overwhelmed and stuff like that it could still have some damage and you don't want to be responsible for that because you're inviting attack like you said tom benson earlier on so i think they should be open for all the reasons he cited but why can't there be a middle ground in anything that we talk about when it comes to this virus it just doesn't seem like it sometimes so i appreciate you listening to the show if you missed any of the show catch the podcast on the iHeartRadio app of course uh, go to facebook.com slash beyond reason radio go to wflaolando.com and find out more on beyond reason radio there as well follow me on twitter at michael yaffe um if you missed any of the shows this week uh, check it out on the podcast and i hope you have a good weekend i'm hosting good morning orlando tomorrow join me then i'll catch you guys next time